0: Welcome to Building a Better World, a podcast that investigates the intersection of the metaverse and how we can apply these technologies to improve people's real lives and enhance humanity. The metaverse is more than a web of networks. It is an unfathomable life-shaping tool. And we, our friends, are here to dive headfirst into the way these technologies can improve our life and the world around us. I'm your host, Rish Latlakar. Get ready to discover how we can build a better world in three, two, one. Hey, it's so nice to have you today, Chris. Uh, and uh, today I'm, I'm very excited and honored to introduce Chris James Murphy to the Building a Better World podcast. Uh, it's great to have you.
1: Thanks for having me on. Really excited to speak with you today.
0: Yeah, um, Chris is the co founder of Clink Finance. And, you know, it's really awesome to hear. Um, and we had a little conversation about what you're working on, but I'd love to hear, maybe as a starter, more about your background. How did you um, come to where you are and kind of the background behind uh, how you started Clink Finance?
1: Sure, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a quick uh, elevator on Clink. So we're a gamified HODLer platform. So uh, what we really believe in is bringing more of an excitement to holding crypto assets over time. Uh, our whole mission is basically bringing prize link savings to the world of digital assets. So uh, for anyone anyone listening or for yourself that doesn't know what prize link savings is, it's actually one of the most successful savings schemes globally in what I would call Web1. So I actually grew up with the scheme. Uh, So pricing savings has the scheme in the UK and Ireland has over 130 billion pounds in assets under management. It's very popular in other jurisdictions, such as India, Pakistan, Australia, Canada, Commonwealth countries have this in, in traditional banking. But what it is basically is a uh, way in which it's an alternative uh, mechanism of saving towards fixed interest. So you win interest week on week or day on day, as opposed to earning it on a compounding rate, such as two, three, four percent. So the trade off in this, why would someone use this? It's like it's a pretty good, exciting way to earn interest on top of your savings. It's an engaging way of of earning wealth over time, which you can also earn top prizes as well. Uh, all the way ranging up for us at the moment up to a quarter of a million per token that you hold on, on our app. uh, And we plan to bring that even higher. So the way in which the mechanics works is that basically all liquidity of the savers is pooled together. And the institutional amount of interest or common interest actually powers the prize yield. So not everyone wins daily, but some people win a lot on a, on a randomized basis. So completely gamified savings is, is the world that we operate in. So We're a pre-seed stage business. Uh, We raised our first round in September last year, uh, have managed to launch a product, get a great team together. We have a couple of thousand early adopters of our app. Uh, We've gone through a number of iterations over uh, the last few weeks and months, firmly in in product market fit phase, which uh, if you're an entrepreneur, I'm sure you know, is uh, is quite a battle, right? Of just data storytelling, understanding what to do next. But yeah, uh, things are going really well, enjoying, enjoying the ride so far. So uh, yeah, uh, maybe just a little bit about myself. I am Irish. Uh, I have not lived in Ireland for nearly 10 years now. So after uh, university, I first finished university in Ireland and like everyone else, I joined a big tech company uh, in Dublin. So I worked for Twitter and LinkedIn for a number of years. I helped a lot of direct-to-consumer fintech and gaming clients around their ad strategy. So very much on commercial uh, marketing. Uh, I helped an Irish company then move into the North American market that was in um, HR software. I was first on the ground of a satellite office, built out to a team of 20 people, learned the hard yards of going from zero to one in a new market there. I think that's where I got a lot of my my harder experience. Uh, I've done stints in London in financial services, but as of today, I've landed into Berlin where I've been here for coming up to four years now where I've been in basically the venture development, venture capital ecosystem. I've helped German businesses move into the UK and US markets on a consultancy basis, but heavily uh, involved in venture development, validation of various different business models, et cetera. I met my co-founder, Philip, at the very end of last year. Or Sorry, I, that's uh, coming up to two years now. So was at the very end of 2022, um, where we started to basically validate gamification and finance. So we'd seen gamification so well applied to separate verticals. If you look at language learning apps, Duolingo, Babbel, etc. If you look at your Apple Watch in terms of gamifying your fitness, there's so many different verticals that have applied gamification for the better of, of the user. But we, we hadn't really seen it well applied to personal finance. So you know if you check your Neo Bank, your current account, you usually check in to see if there's money left in it, right? Uh it's usually bad news when, when you're checking it, unless your paychecks come in but there's not really that much of an engaging experience for you to, to you know, interact with your finances. So we really found this a, a very interesting and exciting namespace. And ultimately, our validation took us from there. So that's where Clink was formed.
0: That's awesome. And, um, you know, I think we uh, discussed a bit about um, kind of the history of, of this type of um, mechanism as it relates to fintech and banking um, and consumer bank accounts. But would love to hear... Um, you know, uh, how, how that kind of originates and where that exists in the world already. Sure. Um, and kind of how, you know, how you're, when you're talking to customers that might not be, um, uh, as exposed to those types of schemes would love to, um, understand kind of what that process is for them to understand yep. it and how they kind of absorb, you know, the knowledge yeah. of that.
1: Exactly. The two biggest pillars of our challenges with this business model and obviously being in the crypto space, as I'm sure you notice know mm-hmm. as well. So education is something you're hitting on, but trust is also something that's just been decimated in the last four, 16 months, right, 18 months. So, so there are two core elements that we uh, need to uh, cover, but maybe just getting back into the, the, the first point of the history of it. So. Uh, pricing savings dates back from like the 1600s, where basically there would be like a gamified approach to uh, war bonds in the UK. So whereby people would put in a bond for a war effort and then basically the payout would be randomized. So it dates way back. It was mod- modernized in the 1960s in the UK through a mechanism known as the premium bond scheme. Ah, uh, the premium bond scheme is a principle where people hold uh, government mental bonds. As I mentioned, there's over one hundred and thirty billion pounds, and that's under management today in in uh, premium bonds. And basically, it pays out a variable interest to bond holders, but it also gives out top prizes. So the instit- or the the governmental uh, um the governmental interest that's made across all the bonds, basically through probably typical bonds uh, on a three four percent range is paid out on a disproportionate level. So basically they pick r- winners out at random. It carves out millionaires every couple of weeks, right? So basically it's like a free lottery ticket. So that's the, the principle of it. Um, It's very much well applied to uh, traditional banking in those countries that I would mentioned. So Commonwealth countries have it, India, Pakistan, Australia, Canada, a few other jurisdictions have it globally as well in Web1. But it's also been digitized to some extent as well. So... Uh, when we started our validation, we'd seen a few emerging players uh, in the APAC region. There's a pretty prominent player in the US market called Yotta. That's also a neobank. It's like a fintech player. It uses fiat money uh, to enable this type of, of mechanisms, gamified level of, of, of saving or personal finance. Albeit that basically um, it's still very much on a current account level. So basically the the, the extension of their services uh, promotes spending. So, uh, gamification on card payments and stuff as well. So, it's not necessarily only savings practice, but more so fully fledged platform that enables entertainment on on finance. Right. So, there's a few different variations of it. Uh, I I could really bore you to death. There's stanford research studies on gamification in banking as well. It's been brought through, I believe, uh, a modern study. It was in two thousand seventeen can't remember the researcher, but they had basically uh, brought uh, this type of principle into Latin American banks, emerging market banks. They'd seen a huge uptick in savings from the promotions, et cetera. So all in, to put it put it short, it works, right? It's a very well-validated model of interacting personal finances for the betterment, right? So uh, on, on the history lesson of that, the second piece around education, right? So Uh, education is is quite a tough piece because it's always like where's the catch right it's like okay Mm -hmm. i don't believe this where where should it be especially in the crypto markets right so uh what we do basically and what we're still learning on being personally honest you know we are pre seed business we're learning how to best interact with our user is that like anything it's best to give a taste of something first so We don't push deposits on users from the moment they start. Uh, We're very lucky to actually have, not lucky, but we've implemented promotional codes. So basically promo codes as you come onto the platform, Mm -hmm. we give free tickets. Um, As you come onto the platform as a user, you're given free 10 USDC tickets. So you're actually able to get a taste for the mechanics of the platform, the onboarding journeys, et cetera. There's a good basically onboarding experience where it's like, how does this work? We're actually upgrading our app as well, significantly over the, uh, hopefully by the end of July. Uh, where we'll have a completely new application, but basically as much educational touch points across the marketing funnel, right? So the point of awareness where they first see an advertisement uh, all the way through the onboarding experience into conversion of first deposit. We really get the user comfortable with uh, the mechanics of of how it all works. Uh, Positive confirmation as well. We have leaderboards in the, the app. We have customer testimonials, et cetera. Basically, uh, how it works, videos are all being done basically to smother as much information to the consumer to get them used to the uh, platform. But albeit it is still a hard process, right, to, to get that level of, of quick detail to a user to, to get the model quickly. What's probably interesting to you as a founder as well is, uh, and, and this is also positive confirmation of the model, is what we typically see is a user comes on, all that we have attracted about a six week loop at the moment, mm-hmm. whereby a user comes on, they put in a promotional code, they check the app, they leave. Uh, they usually then put in maybe the positive, maybe 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it may so be. They win, they don't win, they win a little bit more. And then what we do is we see a tiered second and third deposit that are for significantly larger amounts. So our average deposit value is at about $700 for first time depositors, mm. but um, that is completely staggered, right? But what we also see for second, third time depositors is that typically a user will put in five to $10,000 uh, where the tokens, once they've actually been given a bit of trust or, or uh, understanding of how the actual platform works. So it's staggered,, uh, but that's simply just the process of of education, I guess, in that user cycle
0: wow, it's cool. and and uh, I, I really I really love that. it's it's so, um, you know, uh, interesting in terms of user behavior for sure, but also in terms of um the fact that I think it it just adds a lot of fun to like in you know, sometimes mundane type of, um, part of your life, um, kind of adds that gamification, as you said, uh, to finance and, um, to saving and, um, you know, like makes it a, uh, you know, you said you're going to build more gamification into that. Um, you know, I, I guess what, one thing I would want to know, um, as it relates to our audience is can anyone around the world sign up for this or are there any regulations in different places or how does that work?
1: Sure. So, uh, as everyone's probably well aware, the goalposts are, are changing every day with regulation, but, uh, yes, we're, we're an institution. So, uh, we're a UK holding, uh, we are licensed in Europe. So we have a virtual asset service provider license in Europe that basically entitles us as an institution that we're custodian. We're able to take accountancy ledgers of, of, of token holding, etc. but ultimately that we act as, as a licensed institution. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, We also, AML, KYC users, et cetera, adhere to as much of regulation we can by the rules of the regulators at this point in time in crypto assets. So we're able to operate in most jurisdictions globally. We don't allow our services in UN blacklisted countries, North Korea, et cetera. Uh, We've also uh, taken the decision not to enter the North American market just simply Mm -hmm. by the way in which the SEC is operating at this point in time we would love to operate in the us we would love to operate fairly efficiently transparently but at this point in time it doesn't seem that that's capable by players that are are licensed in any sort of way so there's such a void at this point in time in the markets whereby uh you know people who are regulated are suffering off the hands of indecisions of of the of the, the main regulators especially in the us and of course they'll probably go towards complete defi as well at some point in time that's what's next on the radar But we do believe uh, there's uh, movements coming now. So Europe actually recently uh, uh, announced, they didn't recently actually, they've been working on it for quite a while, the Management and crypto assets Framework, it's known as MECAS. So we will adhere to MECAS and that will allow us to passport across Europe. We hope that these kind of common regulations will also come in North America, APAC regions as well, for us to be able to operate efficiently. But to stop... uh, Rambling on. We are available in most jurisdictions, not North America. Uh, other than that, we're available in most countries. Yeah.
0: Okay, but North America, not yet. Is that what you're saying?
1: Not or yet. No, no, not yet. no US and Canada, yeah. No US and Canada.
0: Okay, got it. Got it. Good to know. But you know, um, that's awesome that you're available everywhere else or most other places. Um, what do you think is the um the most challenging part of um, building a company in the crypto space I know it's you mentioned it's been a crazy year and I think we all know that um is it is it just um you know some of the the reputational things is it the education is it um, the complexity of of some of these uh, tokens and mechanisms or is it something else is it something else that's just kind of, um, is it building like zero to one? I think we were talking about that a bit earlier. You know, I think anything zero to one can have these challenges. So I'm just curious what's yeah. you, you've done it before. And you mentioned that you've, you've kind of been in and out of the venture ecosystem with lots of companies. So curious as to your take on crypto specifically.
1: I think it was, I I wish it was just one of those things that you mentioned, right? And not all of them, because I believe you (laughs) put them into a category and that's the the shitstorm that we're in. I often say that uh, we're building a great product for a great user at very much the wrong time, which sucks, right? So it's interesting for me because I'm a first-time founder in crypto. um, And like you hear from founders that are still around, right, or, or still existing, is that there's an on and off switch in the markets, right? So it's like, you know, you're building in a bull market or you're building in a bear cycle. And I've only ever known a bear cycle. We've, As I've mentioned, we're not around too long. Ultimately, the app's been live three or four months now. And I think it's a challenge, but it's also an exciting one as well, right? Everything is stacked against you. You see there's absolutely no liquidity in the markets. There's no venture capital money. Everyone's chasing AI now. You know, it's like the meme, you know, the woman in the, in the pool, right? And it's like the skeleton at the bottom. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. But uh I have to look know, at that we, one. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> popular. The VC, uh the VC world is, is is moving on towards other things, right? There's no trust with users. Um, you know, the regulation is, is completely staggered. You know, it's hard to market crypto services, you know. Like you can't walk up to Mark Zuckerberg's house and say, Hey, I want to advertise this because they won't let you, right? So it the whole thing is a complexity. But at the end of the day, what keeps us going is that. There's a few things that keeps us going, right? So to answer your question, I don't think there's a hardest one. I think they're all collectively hard. I think you need to manage your expectations in terms of just understanding of where you are in the market and being realistic uh, and putting focus on where you actually have control, which is the product, which is the existing consumers that you can get your hands on, right? But I would say the real spark, The real spark that really gets us out of bed in the morning is that we just get that little bit better every single day, right? So like, you know, a new user comes on, we get that one bit more, two more confirmations of a user, you know, putting more of their assets in. We're very active in speaking with our users. And what is also a real unlocking feature for us is when I meet people and speak to the users, they usually put a hell of a lot more money in because it's just that element of trust. So I would say maybe to answer your question, the hardest part of everything at the moment it's just getting people to trust crypto again so it's it's been mm-hmm. completely uh but it's it's been evaporated right based on on the players that have gone down and it's upon founders like us now to pick up the pieces you know we host a weekly AMA um every Thursday and the reason we, we do that is sometimes we don't have a lot to talk about but you know we are of the presence that if anyone has to complain about Clink or if anyone wants to say something about us, they can join us in our AMA. We're right in front of people. We're very honest. We're very transparent in terms of how we're building. So the trust is something that is the overarching challenge. But back to the point of what really gets us out of bed is we edge closer every day to knowing that we're going to come out of this cycle. I don't know if you've seen your phone uh, in the last. I just have my phone pinging here. Ripple just won the court case. So that's just something oh, happening. Wow. So- uh yeah crypto's uh sparking now so uh, i believe bitcoin's just broke 31k which has already been pushing 30k to beat to, to beat the banter right so all the tokens are are moving up now we see basically that okay so say uh, xrp they're winning core cases in the us coinbase and binance are negotiating with the sec now they're coming into formation right so At the end of the day, as bad of a cycle we're in here now, we need to know that we're going to build right for the consumer. They're not around at the moment, but that crypto curious consumer, not crypto natives like us, that person that wants to take their first step into crypto, wants to start earning in assets. Who wouldn't want to earn in the most in the best performing assets globally over the past ten years? Bitcoin and Ethereum. We need to build a model and service for those consumers that are going to be back in the next six to twelve to eighteen months. So um out of all the challenges i guess the best thing out of all of it is that we know it's going to be temporary so yeah i don't know if that will answer around um the specifics of your question
0: yeah no um you know that's a, a really great answer and i think that's the the most you know real answer that um you know anyone can can say and I, i'm glad you gave everyone that live news uh blast that's yeah. huge um, when do you plan wow.
1: to release it uh this podcast, when does it come out?
0: Um, it'll probably uh be out in a few couple of weeks. So it'll, okay.
1: uh, it'll be old news, a... right? XRP will be at the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, we'll see. It's always interesting what's uh what's happening in the market, but that's that's pretty amazing um uh to hear. So how long I'm is that happy. going on for, right?
1: You know, so like yeah. it, it, Law law works off precedent, right? It's off the previous decision making off of well renowned cases, right? So there needs to be an infrastructure of legislation that businesses like ours want to adhere to. We want to abide by the rules, so give them to us. So you know when we can do that, when we're in good stead, when the Federal Reserve start reducing rates, inflation rates uh came to three percent um yesterday in the in the inflation announcements. Uh, I believe the standard rate of inflation is at 2%, right? When we're in bull cycles. So I believe that 1% will be hard to get down to, or that 1% more will be really hard to push down to, but everything is moving in the right direction at the moment, right? So it's just a matter of, of building correctly. It's it's a cliche thing, but it's, it's bear markets are for builders, right? It's about getting the product right, getting something that someone loves, and just know that it will scale once the markets come back.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's um really uh again building what users want and and being really focused on that and uh love love what you guys are building. So congrats on on the business model and uh the brand, uh, you know, and and what you've achieved so far. It's really great you guys have a number of awesome investors involved as well. So um that's always great to have. Uh, great partners um, involved um, in the company. What do you think is um uh, you know as as we start getting into this age of AI uh, and the importance of that in business, um, as it rates relates to Clink, uh, what's the what where does that plug into uh, what you think of as uh, the the business model as well as the gamification of finance and things like that?
1: Sure. I don't think Clink will ever be directly an AI company towards the consumer. So probably I'm um, signing my own debt warrant there in, in this venture funding uh, market at this point in time. Uh, but being realistic, AI is a tool that we can use to better our product still. So in terms of insights of our data, we I always feel that our play on the market will be keeping a consumer happy. right? And we work I often say to our, our staff, we're in the business of giving away money, right? Or giving away free free tokens. So you hold on your assets and, and we divvy it uh, across to consumers. So there's a whole BI and intelligence model of in terms of how can you fairly distribute that across consumers to keep them happy over time, right? So I think that's a real strength of AI for us to really break down in terms of our data. I think in terms of data storytelling and just bettering our business, making decision makings on our next products, making decision making on what markets to go in, what users like most and what markets, breaking down customer demographics, customer profiles to make a better product. That will all be powered by tooling from the AI. Boom, that's going to happen now. And that's great. But in terms of personal finance, I believe that we should always stick to what we're good at and enable basically a service that builds trust, a good place to hold your funds, a good custodian, a good insured place, where you can be at ease, earn wealth, earn passive income in the ways that we build our model and focus on our services over pushing AI into a product that doesn't actually need to be there. So AI will build our our business as we develop as a company, especially as we get more users and more data. But I think it's also important for founders not to fall into a rabbit hole to chase a fad that doesn't actually necessarily need to be there. I think Warren off my last point of conversation is, you know, it sucks that the market is in the state that it's in now and that FTX went down and that all trust was, was brought out of the market. But chase, you know, you stick to your guns. You know, I personally believe that as I've said, the markets will bounce back services and consu- the services need to be made for consumers that are forthcoming. They're not there yet, but they will come back. I think if you um, move your way into an AI product, to chase, chase funding, I think, you might be left behind because you've you've missed the wave, right? It's like if you ever surf, you need to see the wave a few miles before it's it's uh, surfacing, right? And not chase it or or you'll miss it. So I think that stands true to businesses and investment cycles as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. I mean, definitely can be utilized in inside of your business to uh, you know understand your customers better and all of the other uh, business processes that you mentioned. Um, what what are ways that you know? Again, at Superworld, uh, we're really focused on um, creating a virtual world that's that enhances people's real lives. We're a geospatial world, you know, covering Earth. And one of our f- goals is, you know, how do we provide real world utility uh, for our, for our super citizens? And you know, a lot of our super citizens um, are very interested in in getting into um, into DeFi, into finance in general, um, utilizing um, Superworld, and um, you know one of the areas that we're we're looking into is 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 moving into kind of integrating with partners and you know partners like Clink and others, um, and and the reason I think it makes a lot of sense is because. Uh, a lot of our customers are already interested in crypto and, you know, own virtual real estate and are creating digital assets. And, and, and so this is very much um, part of their, um, you know, things that they're, they're passionate about. And, and so that was one reason that I was really excited to to have you on. I'm curious as to, you know, for for that customer, the customer that already trusts you guys that in terms of crypto is excited about DeFi or excited about, you know, um, some of the mechanisms that you're introducing in terms of gamification, how is that conversation different or how is it, you know, it's obviously easier, but what, what kind of stuff would you tell that customer In terms of what's coming in terms of finance. So, you know, again, just to give you some hints there, it's like, you know, on our side, we're telling them that, um, again, by utilizing these types of accounts, you can, you know, transact, uh, you know, in, 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 in some of the assets that are available in a much more frictionless way. You know, you can utilize some of the the technologies as it relates to the metaverse. Um, are you having these conversations with clients that are more savvy or how do those conversations differ from the, you know, the web two conversations? Just curious about that.
1: It's a good question. Um, I, I think you need to break down the, the audience that we're speaking of, which is ultimately a crypto native, right? So yeah. uh I, I think our products differ in the sense that you know your platform works off of different asset types, whereas we're simply token holdings, right? It's a we really see ourselves as a, as a financial, personal financial platform. So the question we get, right, is in terms of I, I think the crypto native consumer, right? Is that they're they're intelligent, they're curious. They like they're already in this world. Right. You know, if you walk down, even if I'm in Berlin, I'd say two or three people I meet on the street, I say crypto they're like, I don't know what this is. Right. So like it's still so new. Right. It's like in terms of the cap of of where it could really go. There's still only a minute amount of people that are actually really embedded into this. It can be hard to think because me and you and people we speak to are in it every day. Right. But we but we also live in a bubble. But in that bubble, there's people who are very well versed in, in how it works. They're very well versed in terms of the precautions that can happen, where they can get the most out of their, their tokens to get the most out of their yield. There's a million different opportunities that are out there every day. And the question to us is, you know, you know, why should we use your services? And it's a good question. You know, uh, there's, there's many different avenues I can go from, it, but for, simply from a, a USP perspective, I always like to mention that it's it's just simple diversification, right? That's something that I feel no matter who you are as a person uh, or how crypto savvy, how financially savvy you are, diversification is the key to uh, success. It's the key to safety. It's the key to uh, base, best returns over time, etc. cetera, and ultimately basically just having good confidence and security in terms of maintaining and growing your wealth. So if you look at our proposition, we're a yield service at this point in time with our go-to market service. And, you know, of course, someone can go straight into Lido or stake ETH or move into leveraging up, etc. um, on, uh, on wrapped tokens, etc. There's some very advanced yield strategies that are out there, but ultimately, uh, basically none of them can earn you upside of total prizes without actually taking any risk. So, But all the advanced strategies that are out there, there's just risk involved. Whereas with our service, as simple as it is, you will still earn next to the yield that you will earn in passive income as you would by going straight to Lido. But you have the opportunity to win up to 100,000 worth of Ethereum every day simply by holding it in the platform. So it's passive earning. I would, from what I've also told our, our users at this point in time, I'm like, we don't expect to hold all your funds. That's not a good strategy. Uh, in terms of counterparty risk by anyone. So in terms of diversification, I'd be cheeky enough to say you should hold 10% of your portfolio with us across diversified different assets. It's a very good yield bearing source. It also has the opportunity to earn you life-changing rewards without actually taking a risk profile. So of course, it's not guaranteed. Safe yields are there, but you also have the chance to earn on the upside without actually ever having to take risk on your assets over time. So I think they're the starting conversations that we're having Around the proposition piece, but I think warranting that we're certainly within the personal finance space over um superworld in terms of the value proposition that you would offer within your services.
0: Yeah, got it. Um yeah, that sounds good. So it's it's really about you know diversification and you know being able to 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 have some of your money into this type of uh Uh, Yeah, we see
1: ourselves as a financial instrument, basically. So we're an alternative uh, investment service. So uh, the App Store, as hard as we battled to get onto the App Store, right? But we we got there in the end. We're a double unified investment platform. So that's where we see ourselves. But ultimately, we're also a $30 million insured, uh, high-ranking, safe, infrastructure-proven platform where you can earn funds and earn life-changing return on your funds as I've mentioned, without taking that speculative risk with the other assets that you hold over time, so yeah, we see ourselves as an alternative avenue for hodlers. So, as it came onto the conversation, we're for hodlers. Gamified hodling is our namespace, and that's where we'll we'll develop over time.
0: Yeah, really cool. Um, I'm going to uh, switch it around a bit in in terms of the questions and and in, in get into just kind of founder kind of related yeah. question. Um, you, know, I, you know, you know, we talked a bit about. The market and and how there's always ups and downs and um, how as a as a founder you just kind of have to build and uh, keep moving forward. What do you do um, in your personal life uh, to kind of maintain uh, you know some of some of that? Um, you know, inspiration in the grit, the perseverance. um, What are some of the things that you kind of focus on as a founder, um, as sometimes the world around you or situations on a daily basis are, uh, you know, sometimes falling apart or sometimes going in your favor?
1: Yeah. Before I get into what what I do on on a personal level, I think it's important, but sometimes I have self-reflection. I've said this to my co-founder, Philip, if we'd started two or three years ago, we would have gone under because three arrows, etc. Like the DeFi protocols, it all went under, right? It would have created a completely unsteady environment. So maybe not that we would have gone under, but ultimately, there's more risk in a bear or a bull market where everyone's throwing your money, right? And XYZ and all things are going good. So as hard as it is it is to graft as hard as it is it's at least you know there's a stable environment of a bottom under you as you continue to develop into the market so i count my blessings for that at least you know as someone who maybe even someone who listens to this who maybe came in while things were all good i met one of our uh, lead investors in hamburg last week and he said there was a binance conference in like 2020 or something i don't know it was in the height of the bull market he was like you've never seen anything like it. You know, they were throwing like Ferraris off the roof of a hotel in Dubai and stuff as promotion. And it was, it was just money everywhere. There was money everywhere. But a year and a half later, it was all gone, right? So, you know, it sucks being in this market, but at least, you know, you've learned from the foundations of, of what can go wrong and what has gone wrong off bigger players and you're building into a new and better cycle. So I think that's something that keeps me going, right? Obviously, it's... it's, it's, it's it's a blessing in disguise ultimately as bad as bad as it is but personally i think you know as you go longer into being a founder and again, I'm a first time founder. I'm very honest in this. Sometimes you forget why you actually do it anymore. Right. You're just like, okay, I'm here now. And it does more and more work comes and you just get used to it. Right. And I think it's not for everyone. I often say that to people for thinking about it. I ask them the questions being like, you know, do you actually really want this? Right. And so maybe some questions under this, because it's very telling if someone wants to get rich quickly or wants it for the fame or whatever, it's it doesn't work that way. Right. Cause it's a long game that you need to get yourself into, but I think ultimately you just settle yourself in as a founder. And as constant shit gets thrown at you, you just get over time, get learn how to get better and better at it, right? In terms of just keeping your emotions stable, ups and downs, just keeping steady, moving forward, staying coordinated, keeping the team motivated. It's just you naturally progress into it. But what I would say, it's very important to not spend every single day, every single hour, seven days a week on the project as well. I do close to that. But I do very much give time to my friends. I exercise every morning. I eat healthy. There was times where I wasn't doing that, right? So around Christmas time, I got very sick because I was just stressed out. I was bumped out, wasn't eating well, didn't leave the desk for like 18 hours per day. And ultimately, you're you're running on empty fumes then at that point. So I think it's very important to have a life outside of the business. Uh, it's very um, it's rich coming from me because I observed that I have lost touch with a lot of people right it's like it naturally you, your team becomes your your clan you're with them consistently you're you're working with them and, and that's great and that's healthy but it's also very important to have a life outside of the project because having that will mutually benefit the product productivity that you have over time um, and also to warrant that it can be very easy to lose that by the pressure that comes on with having a business so it's important to have that personal characteristic, personal health habits, healthy eating, even time to a loved one, et cetera. Um, and not having the business own you, you need to keep control.
0: Yeah, for sure. You, you definitely need some, uh, you know, uh, outlets or kind of balance or however you want to describe it, exercise for sure. And health and nutrition, I'm a big believer in all that. So yeah, that's, that's good to hear. Um, Yeah. I always find that like, sometimes, um, I'm into just kind of focusing on the now just kind of get into the moment and then everything's okay. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, like a lot of it comes from just like thinking about like what's going to happen or what happened. And instead of just being focused on like right now, um, meditation, things like that. Um, which I think you mentioned, um, that's really cool. um what do you think is uh the the you know we're 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 running very global businesses and um you know we were talking about token 49 in singapore um and you know there's a a, a pretty wide um, range of stuff happening actually i'm in valencia spain this week and there's an nft show europe here and then i'm going to paris for you know, ECC next week, what's the most vibrant, uh, crypto ecosystem, um, for what you're doing, you think, um, or what's the most, you know, interesting location where, you know, people really, really get, get what's mm-hmm. happening in terms of, uh, as it applies to clink.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not, traveled globally yet on crypto events but i have to say we went to asia last year and like asia just gets it right they're just the the money the vcs the focus the engineers everyone wants in on web3 right and they understand the benefits it can bring i believe the uae is like that as well dubai haven't been to conferences in dubai yet right but regulation is risk is not risk on is is you know innovation on they want to see innovation coming in they want to take US business market cap right as as uh Brian Armstrong keeps saying is that you know innovation will lead the US and it's moving to jurisdictions like that i i was overwhelmed by how um the last year's singapore event when we're still in the bear market xyz and stuff it's just how much is going on in the space right but it did feel quite centralized towards asia um here in europe i went to an event in hamburg last week and there's just no energy in the air, right? It's like, I'm based out of Berlin, where are UK business. Um, there are, you know, my main observation of that um, um event was, it, it was empty, first of all, there was very few people there, right? And I feel bad for the promoters of it and everything, because it's just hard to get that emphasis that was there. Probably a few years ago, it was probably packed, right? Mm-hmm. But my biggest observation, I spoke to so many people at it, there was no one who wasn't actually in the crypto space. And I know that sounds silly because it's a it's a crypto event, right? But you know, I've been in my working life in many events across different verticals. I've worked in various different things, right? And you would always really come across people that are probably t- tipping their toes in the water, trying to check things out, you know. You know, maybe they're thinking about getting into the space. And to me, that that was sad, right? Because there's no one in there that's thinking about it, right? It's either you're in heavily like we are now and we're building and it's the bear market or you're out right that seems to be the way it is certainly from my observation in europe i i heard uh rumors eat denver was pretty empty this year as well right so i i think ultimately the impact of the regulators in the u.s that it's it's gone down so yeah i think uae apac they're they're going to lead it right The, the energy's there the investment is there the talent is there so i can only say that basically, my observation or my bet would be on that those are the regions that I will lead over the next ten to fifteen years, unless mm-hmm. Europe, the US turn it around.
0: Yeah, and hopefully with this news from uh, you know the SEC with XRP today, I, that's a very hopeful um, you know sign. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I think that's uh, a similar assessment: Asia and and the Middle East, Dubai, Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, definitely uh, Qatar, uh, you know, places uh, that are a lot more uh, open to, uh, I guess, leading the way in terms of regulation and making it more um, understood, yeah, Yeah. more standardized in terms of like operating a business or even as a consumer, getting into some of these products, um, it just makes it a lot easier to operate. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, well, you know, I, I'm gonna end end today with a couple of final questions, um, and uh, you know, just kind of uh, get a sense for, you know, as you continue this journey, and and you've been on, um, you know, other journeys in the past. If there's one person as a kind of a uh, a role model, or uh, you know, someone in the technology space, or in any space to that matter, that you um, you know, kind of uh, look to for advice or um, someone that you would ask questions to, who would you go to lunch with to to kind of, you know, be able to pick their brain about something or some some things that could be very helpful for you or this journey that you're on live or in history? It could be anyone.
1: Someone in the web tree space. It could be
0: anyone. (laughs) it could be, it could I'll, be. I'll,
1: I'll, stick, I'll stick with web three right so uh yeah. there's a guy called julian Hosp, who's the founder of cake yeah. DeFi. i don't know if yeah. you know him uh-huh. he's just uh what, what i really like about him is he's just yeah. so out there so i thought yeah. i told you the podcast right we get in front of the user every week in our amas yeah he is everywhere like he's carried cake defy on his back he's had multiple businesses before he's german himself right so for me as uh his influence on the company's reputation, his influence on the growth of the company for me is, is, uh, is, uh, as a first time founder, I I take note of that, right. You have to be fully transparent in front of your user. And I, I've learned that from him. Yeah. I think certainly in the crypto space, you know, there's a lot of guys that are, are not influencers or, or leaders anymore. Right. Cause the businesses have, have, have fallen asunder, but, um, I take, um, I take lessons from a lot of people who are sub-influencers as well, right? So a lot of our uh, investors, they're very smart guys. I've met with founders who are founders of maybe 10 or 15 people, companies, et cetera, in the Web2 and Web3 space, right? So I think it's it's easy to point a finger until you're in the arena, and I always really respect the opinion of someone when they've actually been there and they've done it because it's very hard, right? Everything goes wrong. Uh, my surname is Murphy. I don't know if you've heard of Murphy's law, yeah. but it's like anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And it's certainly, especially in the digital asset space, you just need to think and, and see and and do and try everything to be sort of that, that you're making the right decision. So I think something that I really like and that, that isn't seen in the very, black, dark smoke of, of what's dubbed as crypto at this point in time, there's a lot of good people in the space as well, right? You meet great people, you meet very intelligent people. I think there's very much an, an onus to for people to help. I always help if someone writes as much as they can, right? At this stage, someone writes to me, I haven't found too much friction of anyone I've ever wrote to, just simply for advice as well within the space. So I think aside from picking one, I like the fact that the people who run businesses in the areas that there is a commonality that there's a general level of help, understanding collaboration as well. So I take heed and lessons from, from those people that I speak to regularly as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd agree with that, that, um, it's always nice to get the insights from people that have done it and, um, know what they're doing and have built companies, um, and it just this the authenticity of the answer and the just the um just the sophistication of the answer is just a lot lot better. And it's, a lot of times it's a very simple answer too. It's because they just exactly, done yeah. it. They know what they're there's not just like a textbook answer. it's like. This is the answer. A lot
1: of times they're they're telling you what you're thinking, right? It's just that there's an element of your not self doubt, but you know, cautiousness that you know maybe you're thinking that the obvious in front of you is not so obvious, right? So yeah, I think uh, yeah, you need my hats off, anyone, no matter win, fail, whatever, sideways. It's that if someone's in the space and has raised money, grown a business, my hats off, and I'll always listen because my respect is there because it's a very difficult thing to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so one final question, and this is, um, uh, you know, it, we've built super world. It's a virtual world on top of the real world. Uh, we divided the surface of the earth into 64 billion properties. So each we divided the world into 0.01, 0.01 longitude latitude, and you can buy these areas in the world and become I a super world. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, and and so, where in the world, you know, in, in Superworld or in in the real world, uh, we're built on the real world. What's your favorite place? Where would you buy virtual real estate in Superworld? And and what would you want to build there? What would that what would what would be your dream location?
1: I would uh, I would buy the Cayman Islands, and then I would do smart contracts with other businesses that want to be in the Cayman Islands and Superworld. So I'd release it out.
0: That's a great idea. So you would yeah. you would you would create a I
1: monetize uh, the location, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's an impressive idea actually. Very cool. Um well going that's- the
1: real world you believe, right? So it's uh, it's going for a while.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you you would basically uh, get into the business. um, The businesses that came the Cayman Islands is kind of known for um, in this in this case, crypto and and Web three and and create contracts uh, in those locations that can be accessed virtually from anywhere um, and uh, potentially gamified um, or you know um, other other things that we've discussed. Um, that's a great answer. Um, awesome place. Um, it's so awesome to to meet you and, and to hear about your progress. Excited to um, see what you uh, continue to build and looking forward to meeting you in person. Um, Chris, where can w- people find you who want to learn more about Clink? Uh, where can they learn more about you online? Um, tell right. us. Yep.
1: Yep. So our website, clinkfinance.com, that's K-L-I-N-K finance.com. We, we go by Clink, but the domain was taken. There's some guy chasing me for 10 grand for the .com. So we're, we're going to wait on that one. But yeah, you can find on our website, uh, access to our Discord, uh, our Telegram channels, our LinkedIn is on that as well. We actually recently launched a medium uh, for Clink. So basically all around how we generate yield, just our thesis basically on active trading versus passive earning and crypto, et cetera. We write basically weekly thought leadership posts if you're interested on, on listening to, to my boring opinion, right? But if if you want to get into the action, we're available on iOS and Android on our website. Uh as I mentioned, you get 10 free USDC tickets uh as you come onto the app. Um Live uh, for the first time. We've also actually just enabled that if you come onto the uh, app, we actually boost rewards and probability by 5x for your first month. So from the moment you come on and deposit, you'll be earning 5x rewards on all the tokens. So we're available on stables, USDC, DAI, and Tether. We just released the Ethereum prize pool uh, yesterday. We will be going live on BNB, Avalanche, and forget, Matic um, on Monday. So, we're moving into volatile tokens uh, as of next week, all erc twenty. So we'd love to see you on the platform. Uh, I'm mostly on communication on our chat, uh, our live chat, on the app, et cetera. So I'm only ever text away for any of the users or uh, listeners that want to speak with me.
0: Awesome. Well, that is uh, really great. and And again, um excited to continue this conversation as you continue to 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 build out and make progress. Thanks so much uh, for being on the Building a Better World podcast and looking forward to talking again soon. Thanks, Chris.
1: Catch you soon. Thanks Thanks for the conversation. Yep. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Building a Better World. For more, search Building a Better World in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at SuperWorld, thanks for listening.